What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here for take two of this week's rabbit hole recap. Uh, yeah, had a brain fart there. Forgot to hit record on our first take, and it was a great rip, Matt. I'm sorry. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I feel terrible for wasting 35 minutes of your time this morning. The freaks will never know how good of an episode they just missed. The lost tapes. Uh, I did hit record this time. Triple, quadruple checking. We're 29 seconds in. Recording on both the uh, the conferencing tool that we're using and my local uh, uh, recording tool here. We have, we have three different recorders going right now, so yeah, there's we no should way. be set. This will, this will make it into the annals of history. Um, speaking of the annals of history, Bitcoin at 9,400, which it was when we first recorded. <laughs> it's now at uh, the 9,500. Eight dollars and one cent. Uh, excuse me, eight dollars and eighty-one cents, according to the uh, Trade Block XBX index. Do you have a block for us, Matt? Bullish. Uh, yeah, most recent block is five hundred ninety-two thousand three hundred five. Bang bang. Yeah, we have to. Uh, keep this tight this week i'm in a bit of a rush as i have a wedding in philadelphia that i have to go attend uh later this afternoon and then tomorrow uh so we got to keep it not tight not here. to mention it's the second time so yeah now it's got to be really tight yeah but we'll make it fun we'll make it fun again matt i'm sorry that was a a bush league move on my part there no worries shit happens uh but this is an example of that of something bitcoin doesn't fix yeah, so should Bitcoin be, doesn't should fix this. It may be, as some people pointed out, we do need a multi-sig record uh, function here. I, oh, absolutely. That, that would have fixed this. Yeah. Um, even though Bitcoin doesn't fix this, Bitcoin does fix other things, and you can buy Bitcoin via the Cash App. This uh, episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by the Cash App. If you freaks live in America and you have not downloaded the Cash App yet, and you listen to this podcast, what the hell are you waiting for? Go download it. Uh, we got a special deal for you. Use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one word. S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. STACKINGSATS, one word. You're going to get $5. $5 is going to go to Owls Across, a uh, charity very near and dear to our hearts here. They're helping out boys and girls in Chicago learn leadership skills through the sport of lacrosse, a sport that I am fond of, the best sport on two feet, the fastest sport on two feet. The Cash App, once you have it downloaded, you're going to be able to buy and sell Bitcoin through that. You're going to be able to stack sats. Uh, and then you're also going to be able to withdraw. You can withdraw to Wasabi, withdraw your personal wallet, and then you can also send from a personal wallet to the Cash App if you just so happen to need to dump some sats. Unfortunate if you do. And on top of that, they have their boost program. Can't forget about that. Uh, go to merchants like Chick-fil-A, uh, Whole Foods, local coffee shops, save money while you shop using the boost card. Download the Cash App today. Use the code stacking sats. Uh, and then we got to give a shout-out to our friends at Unchained Capital doing incredible things go to www.unchained-capital.com slash vaults to check out their two or three multi-sig volt uh product which allows you to use uh multiple hardware wallets whether it be a trezor a ledger i believe they're working on cold card um and you can engage in a two or three multi-sig with them where they can be that second of that two or three scheme if you ever are in a pinch um and then on top of that they have their their loan product as well on the other side if you don't want to sell your bitcoin you want to lever up and take a usd loan you can do that as well go to www.unchained-capital.com slash vaults check out the vault program matt we're about to run through the cycle again are you ready for round two we we have a couple extra topics so the freaks get that benefit uh, is there anything that you said in the, uh the first go around that that you were like ah i should have said that 
or anything yeah, that you didn't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But there's been a couple. There's been a couple. But but because we didn't record, there hasn't been as much as usual. I think you know it only clicks after after we publish. After you know it's going to going to hit the airwaves. Yeah, no uh, doubt. So we're gonna start out uh, with the cold card. MK3 was MK3 was announced. Uh, this is uh, very prescient news considering the interview that we dropped on Tuesday with Rodolfo Novak, who is the founder of Cold Card. Um, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Cold Card Mark Three, right? Isn't that what we say Mark? Right? And what did you say? M key? What the fuck's going MK3. on? MK Three. Oh, okay, I don't know. Anyway, the Cold Card Mark Three, the newest Cold Card. Rodolfo keeps iterating. Um, I ribbed him on Twitter that the. Uh, that the true environmental cost of Bitcoin will be all the cold cards I purchase, uh, destroy, and replace. Um, it's fucking awesome. He keeps proving himself, keeps iterating and, and dropping new products. Uh, make sure you do listen to our episode that we dropped with Rodolfo. I think that was a particularly great episode. I uh, really enjoyed meeting him. He's just such a great dude, so smart, so just a fucking hustler. Um, and also, like, if you... He had, it's very complimentary to Stefan's episode with him. Uh, I listened to Stefan's episode as well. It's a very good episode, but uh, we cover a lot of different things. Um, so you should definitely make sure to listen to both of those and then and then FOMO buy some cold cards. Yeah, and this, uh, this particular update is pretty cool. It will brick if uh, somebody has 13 failed pin attempts. So make sure you don't forget your pin. Um, and if somebody is trying to get into your cold card and they fuck it up 13 times, it's going to brick that. So make sure you take care of your, your backup as well. Then it also uh, helps uh, harden the cold card against some side channel attacks as well. So make sure you're updating. And yeah, like Matt said, like we uh, we have the we were giving a demo on the Mark III in, in a few weeks here, and it feels like we're we're already behind. Well, behind no, schedule. no, we're we're giving a demo on the Mark II. Yeah, I, the Mark II. Yes. I just I just ordered. 36 i had started 36 <laughs> cold card mark twos and this motherfucker announces it right afterwards uh, but no it's great it's great we got a great discount for our the people who are coming hopefully it'll be the first of many um rodolfo is really good about that he is also offering a discount if you pre-order the mark three now um i think it's a 20 dollar discount and you get additional five percent off if you use the code tftc um so that's awesome um and then the other thing of course is that our first walkthrough video of, of hopefully many, I've kind of been slacking off, so I apologize for that. Now that I have my manicure, I can, I can come out with more videos, um, is up on our YouTube channel. So you can see how to use the cold card, the full initialization, initialization process of the cold card with Wasabi Wallet uh, without connecting it to your computer using the, the SD card to, to shuttle transactions back and forth. Yeah, shout out to Rodolfo again. Uh, Rodolfo, it was uh, incredible to meet him in Dallas. Uh, fucking what a don. Dude is just putting the team on his back, building dope hardware. Solid Bitcoiner. True, true man. Fucking legend. I, I think I have nine cold cards now. Oh, no, I have ten because I have another one coming with the workshop. And so I'm like saying to myself, you know, like maybe I'll wait for the Mark Four. you know, what do I do? I don't know. So we'll see. But, uh, but I'll, I'll actually probably, I'm, I'm probably after we finish recording, I'm going to order three more. <laughs> Are you going to have more domain names or cold cards by the end of your, your hoarding? Uh, oh, that was a topic we forgot to bring up last time. Stefan, like fucking encouraged my addiction and I bought two more domain names, uh, Tales from the Citadels. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, so 
look forward to our pivot once we once we start building our citadels we will we will rename the pod to tales from the citadels yeah, become, as as we should become more positive um this is i am very happy to be able to rehash this because this is just pretty dope this dude uh on twitter his name his handle is fiat jf he's the creator of the lntx bot on telegram which allows you to um to basically create a lightning wallet on your telegram app and then interact with apps like so that's the way i send messages to the satellite app you hit like slash app satellite 50 and then your message and you're just able to send a message to space uh the same creator came out with a a new uh lightning network block explorer or uh what would, how would you describe it matt you're the one who found this did you drop his name at fiat jf yes i did okay sorry i zoned out a little bit um, yeah, it's a lightning block explorer. Well, it's, it's a lightning explorer, not a block explorer. Yeah. There's no, there's no blocks. Yeah, uh, my, my main, my main use, uh, my main, the main explorer I've been using up until this point was one ml.com, which is also pretty useful, but I just really, really like this, uh, explorer. So I, I thought it was important to, uh, to mention it here that it shows the way it shows a lot of the, um, the statistics is, is a lot different, uh, it's very intuitive. Uh, it's very clean. Um, keep in mind that this isn't showing private channels, and uh, none of the explorers show private channels uh, and stats from those. Um, so, like a lot of the new nodes that are being launched are being launched in private channels, and they they aren't being shown in, in either and any of the explorers. Yeah, um, I'm just like going through it right now. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Really cool stats. Sick layout. Again, shout out to at Fiat J, uh, F, JF, correct? Uh, yeah, at Fiat JF. And uh, yeah, I, I put his name in the show notes. So Yeah, building, uh, building dope shit. Uh, again, the LNTX bot, if you are on Telegram and haven't checked that out, all you need to do is follow it, and then it gives you instructions on how to fund a wallet. You fund a wallet on Telegram, and then you're just interacting with apps outside of Telegram, and it's, it's fucking fascinating. You know, I love the Telegram bot, but like you really need to try and send a sat node transmission through the website, a Blockstream's website. Just Google Blockstream satellite transmission. It's actually very, very intuitive to do it through their website. I know, but it, this Fiat JF made it so fucking easy through Telegram that. Yeah, but I realize that you're overpaying by like, because cause it doesn't tell you how much your bid price should uh, be. That's true. So you've been like paying like forty more sats than you're supposed to pay. What you know, it? like you're you're wasting sats. All right, all right. Maybe this will be the impetus that drives me to the to the website. You got me. There. I mean, don't worry. It's like forty cents is, is forty sats is like a half a cent. So <laughs> right now, you know, but who knows? Like in the future, it could be a lot more than that. So yeah, it could be forty dollars one day. You never know. We're we're not implying sat dollar parity. <laughs> Um, next, uh, topic, uh, Justin Moon, good friend, Justin Moon dropped some u- new UI for hardware wallet multi-sig using Bitcoin core, uh, and HWI. And he released a testing for that on GitHub and is looking for help testing that out. Um, Matt, you any more color on this? Have you looked at the screenshots yet? Um, I have not. I don't think it's so. It's badass. Look at the screenshots. Anyway. Um, so up until this point. Uh, everyone knows that multi-sig, uh, well, the, the agreement is that multi-sig is a significant improvement. You know, all these, all these hardware wallets have their own trade-offs that they choose to take. So if you mix multiple hardware wallets together, 
Um, you know, for instance, like a two of three setup with a treasure, a ledger, and a cold card, then you have to compromise two of the hardware wallets um, with different trade-offs to access the funds. The issue with that is that it's, it has been very difficult to set up uh, with your own full node to begin with. Uh, currently like you you basically have to run bitcoin core you have to run electrum and you have to run electrum personal server or something like electris or electrum x um it's it's a convoluted process it's not a simple process and the ui isn't very clean so what justin did here is he put a nice clean ui on top of bitcoin core so you just run it alongside bitcoin core uh you don't need any other software on top of that and you can you can use any hardware at least the top three hardware wallets i don't know why you'd use any others anyway um, to create multi-sig uh, receive addresses and to to construct transactions and broadcast them. Um, currently, it is under testing. I think he released it this morning or last night. Whenever he released it, I got super excited. I think it was last night. Yeah. But, but please go to the link that we put in the show notes and help him test it and help you know submit pull requests with complaints and stuff like that. Yeah, for those of you who cannot wait to see the show notes, it's github.com slash justinmoon slash junction. Um, and we got we got an alarm going off in the background here. I'm on a back porch. Um, it's happy noon. Happy noon. Um, where are can where can we find those screenshots you're talking about? They're not on the GitHub page. I'm not. We can that. officially start drinking. Um, I put it. In, he tweeted them out. Okay. Yeah. So um, we'll include those tweets as well. Yeah, I guess I guess he didn't put screenshots in the GitHub. But anyway, it's just a very clean, simple interface. It's exactly what we want. Uh, it should make multi-sig way easier for someone to use. And the beauty of it is that by design, um, it's using uh, your full node. So that's that's fucking badass. So good job, Justin. Keep hustling. And uh, I look forward to testing it. I have yet to test it. Yeah, I just checked. He released it last night, but I have yet to test it. Yeah. yeah huge shout out to Justin. Uh, another pump of a previous episode. If you guys have not gone and listened to um our episode with justin moon go check it out i forget the particular number but it was an incredible three-hour conversation and we are planning to have uh, a catch-up episode with justin soon so be on the lookout for that as well and, and uh, again another huge shout out to him putting the team on his back teaching bitcoin devs and now making multi-sig easier for people who are running bitcoin core um, next topic bitcoin realized cap all-time high 100 billion nice big round number uh it's cool to see uh bitcoin previously had uh when was the last realized cap all-time high like okay so first of all realized cap is a metric that coin metrics has pioneered and basically it's different from you know you have the the traditional market cap which is just uh the current price times total outstanding coins um but that doesn't really account for lost coins um it doesn't account for when people purchased so what realize cap does is it values your it value it weighs each bitcoin each utxo on on the blockchain by when it last moved the price of when it last moved um that's why it's always important to mix your coins when the price is going up so that um so that you can pump the realized cap value uh but anyway um right now we have a realized cap for bitcoin of a hundred billion dollars um but meanwhile Ethereum's realized cap um, is down. Is down from its peak. It's at twenty-seven billion dollars. Its peak was January twenty eighteen, so that's almost two years now um, since it since the last peak, which is interesting. More potential upside, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, I got. I had a it's couple a, of youth heads. It's a buy. Uh, a couple of youth heads tell me that it was it was underpriced. Uh, it's proof that it's underpriced. But if, if you use that logic, then you know, then maybe like the the real value price is uh, Ripple or some bullshit like that. Um, what's interesting here is a lot of people, you know, they judge uh, Bitcoin success based on its former all-time high price. You know, in this case, uh, what was it? it was like like a little under 20k. Um, but we were barely there, you know, that was, that was, we were there for a couple days. Um, the whole thing with the whole run from like 10 K to 20 K and back down was like a couple weeks max. Um, so it's, you know, not many people bought up there. Uh, realized cap does seem like, uh, a much better metric. Um, some of the ETH heads said that they don't believe in made up metrics. Um, I would contend that every metric starts Got, got it. it has to be created somewhere first. Um, and if you use every other fucking metric, Bitcoin is also outperforming ETH, including, you know, hash rate, including price, uh, including regular market cap. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the hash rate in particular is uh, fascinating to me. And then the realized cap, too, not being anywhere. It being half of what it was in January of 2018 is, is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is hitting new all-time highs with hash rate. Um, but meanwhile, ETH is like, I think, at like half of what their, their top was or, you know, just significantly lower than what their top was. And what's the reasoning for that? The reasoning for that is that they continue to neglect miners uh, and that, you know, miners are running businesses and they, they want to have um, predictable money flows. And uh, but meanwhile, they keep saying they're going to integrate proof of stake. They keep saying that they're going to fork out miners. They keep saying that we're going to change the algo. So if miners have ASICs or something like that, we're going to brick them. You know, if you say these things like people aren't going to invest in securing your network and this is this is going to be the end result. Yeah. The market's sort of speaking there saying, hey, uh, we're not going to go along with this. Uh, uh, Be aware. Be aware, especially if you're working on a a competing cryptocurrency. Next up, chain analysis. They recently did a study on dark markets and coin joins, and it came out that they came out and said that they believe that less than 11% of Bitcoins that have been mixed in coin joins are being used for illicit purposes, which is a very uh, positive comment. You can read it as positive because uh, it shows that most people in chain analysis mind, which is a company that works to make sure they can track everybody through the blockchain, uh, they're saying that most people are just using coin joins for privacy, which is great to see. And it should, yeah. be, it should be a nod towards privacy is okay. And people want it. People obviously want it. And what are the exact stats on uh, people sending from exchanges to coin joins? Wait, first of all, yeah. So chain analysis whole business is that they're selling this Bitcoin tracking to exchanges and stuff to try and block so-called illicit activity uh, so that they can comply with local regulations. So their incentive is to overstate um what this number is so for them to say that it's less than 11 percent is fucking huge because the, their incentive is to to have that number be way higher than it really is um the overwhelming majority of people that are mixing coins are clearly doing it to protect their privacy one of the interesting and 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 not commit crimes you know privacy isn't illegal um the majority of coins that are going into either Wasabi, Samurai, or these centralized mixers are from exchanges, which is exactly what we've been advocating, which is, you know, if you go to a KYC exchange, if you go to a KYC broker like Cash App or something and you withdraw, you don't want all your future and past transactions to be linked. So you, you put them into a mixer. I, they're at 
40 percent of all coins that are being mixed right now are um coming, coming from, from an exchange damn that's crazy and one of the interesting things to note here is that um you know people are like oh well how do they know these stats if they're being mixed it's trivial to see that coins are being mixed they, you can see them going to and from the process the harder part the more difficult part is tracking them through the process now chain analysis says that if you mix it breaks their ability to track i would you know put on your tinfoil hat as rodolfo said put on your tinfoil underwear go into your faraday tent and be as paranoid as possible because i would not trust them for a million years with them saying that they can't track it that's exactly what they would say if they want if they wanted people to uh you know be be at ease and, and think that they're not being tracked yeah so just be a little skeptical of that and be aware but if uh, they are being forthright with this information, uh, it's fascinating. Like, and I actually sent from Cash App to Wasabi last week, and it felt good. And it's yeah, don't be afraid to do it. And chain analysis coming out and proving that uh, privacy is what most pe- is what is being is the use case uh, that most people are using these coin joints for, not illicit purposes, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, usually my flow is I I. When I stack sats on Cash App, I then withdraw to like Green Address or Samurai, and then when it hits a certain threshold, then I will send it into mixing. Um, so that way, you never have too much like on Cash App at any given time. Because remember, not your keys, not your coins. Um, your account could be frozen at a, at any moment. You, you never know. So you, you always want to take custody. Yep. And yeah, and it's a great learning experience too. Uh, and as Matt has said in the past, it makes you a little less. Uh, less nervous when you're sending transactions you get more comfortable with it uh next topic one that i would piss we're talking about but after matt's explanation and take one sort of is uh pretty important to bring up or a good topic to bring out i don't want to say important uh the the craig wright uh saga is i don't know if it's coming to an end but it's a very exciting part of the saga happened this week where uh, the civil case that was brought against him by Dave Kleiman's estate, um, the judge in the preliminary, uh, I believe, um, like evidence proceedings, basically came out and said that Craig Wright is a bullshitter, fabricated a lot of the evidence, and ordered and ordered him to pay fifty percent of his Bitcoin to Kleiman's estate, but. He really, I mean, he doesn't own it. That's what we've learned from the last couple of years is that he can't prove that he owns it and he doesn't have control of those keys. So the judge is just semantics. That's what the case is about. So uh, the judge, assuming that he has coins because he said he does, is now ordering him to give him the client's estate um, after fabricating a bunch of evidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I'm fucking sick of talking about Craig too. Um, but. But the important reason to bring this up is because this is it's already turning into a bit of a FUD line. Um, this is like the type of thing that you might see like your aunt like sees it in the news and like brings it up to, oh, I heard Satoshi has to give 50% of his coins. Um, yeah, so it is a civil case. Uh, the, see, uh, Craig's, Craig's argument this whole time for why he's been Satoshi is that he was in partnership with David Kleinman of Florida who passed away. So his estate... Um, sued sued Craig and was like, well, then we want half the coins. Um, and the judge was basically like, everything you've submitted to me is fraudulent. 
uh, like pretty much everything. You just keep lying. Uh, if you do have these coins, you owe 50% of them. But, you know, as Marty, Marty stated earlier, he, he is very, very, very unlikely that he has any uh, amount of Bitcoin because um, he'd be just using, you know, if he could tank the price of Bitcoin or if he could pump the price of Bitcoin SV, like you damn well bet he would have already done it. And uh, he's just fucking full of shit. And it's, I think it's, it's important to note here that there was a lot of influential people uh, that both directly and indirectly supported him all the way up into a couple months ago, some of them. Uh, they're awfully quiet now. Some of them have even, you know, like grandstanded about like, oh, we're, I'm done talking about it. It's so obvious he's a fraud. Um, like, we, we, we see you. We, we know who you are. Like, you go fuck yourself. People don't forget. The internet doesn't forget. And God damn it, Matt O'Dell never forgets. <laughs> never forget that. Um, yeah, so this saga, it seems... I don't know if it's coming to an end, but uh, definitely a blow to the credibility of Craig Wright if it wasn't destroyed already, um, which I think it was a long time ago. But some people need more closure. This is uh, adding to that closure. No, I mean, the bag holders, the Bitcoin SV bag holders will keep up making new excuses. You know, they have this like tulip trust bullshit, uh, which I think the judge also said it was bullshit. Uh and, and, and that's supposed to come up in January 2020. So when January 2020 comes around, they'll come up with some other excuse. And, uh, you know, as is tradition, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, God bless those poor souls getting stuck in that, that terrible, terrible cycle of believing this dude. Um, next topic. Uh, uh, not more optimistic topic, but a better topic, in my opinion. Uh, or a good friend of the podcast, a fellow beefy Bitcoin boy. Uh, Chaincode Labs resident and phenomenal DJ uh, James O'Byrne came out with an incredible piece describing the current state of the U.S. financial system, particularly uh, explaining why the, the stock market is at all-time highs. It's mainly being driven by stock buybacks, which are enabled by easy money. Uh, so large corporations will take advantage of low interest rates. Uh, take out some loans and then initiate stock buybacks in which they take stock off the market, off the public market, and basically burn it. It's like a coin burn. And that uh, that drives their earnings per share up. So it looks like they're they're more profitable than they are. And uh, again, James points out that, that buybacks have been a large, uh, large reason that, that the stock prices have increased recently. A lot of flows via buybacks have happened. Then on top of that, he dives into the the pension situation in America too, which is looking pretty dire, as a lot of the big pension funds. Uh, I don't think he named them by name uh, in the article, but two that come to the top of my mind are Calpers and Illinois State Pension Fund, and actually a third would be Jersey State Pension Fund. I believe those three, in particular, are pretty dire. And so these funds that are holding all the public pensioners' uh, money and trying to invest it in the stock market. They have targets of like 7.5% usually, and they're not coming anywhere near that. And so there's there's vast, um, basically, uh, the valleys between what they owe people and what they actually have and what they're making in the stock market. So it seems to be a very fickle situation in the U.S., and James does an incredible job of, of laying it out in layman's terms and being concise and while he's doing that, he's also uh, explaining why Bitcoin may be a perfect hedge in this scenario, why we may like desperately need it because our system is so fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I, three points. Uh, uh, first of all, is, is James is like 
the Bitcoiner's Bitcoiner. Uh, he's just such a great dude. Uh, you know, his brother's awesome too, and he's he's smart. He's a talented developer. Uh, he's a good writer. He understands his economics. Uh, he's a DJ. It's just a just so props to James. You can follow him on Twitter at James Ob. Um, the other two things is he he really missed an opportunity uh, in the title. He called it Bitcoin for safety. It really should be Sats for safety. James just saying Sats the standard. And then third thing, I thought it was a really interesting point that he made, and I think a lot of us agree with it here, um, is that, you know, our, our, I, I think we can all agree that our system is fucked. Our current financial system is fucked. You know, we hope Bitcoin is our safe haven, is our solution to that. It is yet to be seen if that will be the case. But one thing is for sure, and I, I, is, is that, is that every, all of this is unprecedented. And uh, it's just a really, it, it's really hard to see it ending cleanly or, or, or in very good way at all. And I think that's a good framing here. You know, it's 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 that we are fucked, but but Bitcoin gives us hope. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, cause for us optimism, uh, uh, something we can rally around, and a cause for hope at the end of the day. Um, and <clears throat> this. Uh, like I said in the first take, like this, this James's piece, uh, I think it pairs well with uh, a couple of things. One being uh, the the uh, website that heavily armored clown, who's the host of um, the um, Bitcoin, Bi- Echo, Bitcoin Chamber Echo Chamber, podcast. yeah, the Bitcoin Echo Chamber podcast. Um, he shared this website. What the hell happened? 1971 or something like that i forget the exact name we'll put it in the show notes but uh 1971 is when we went off the gold standard uh and you look at the charts specifically like gdp per capita uh, uh production productivity excuse me and like wage growth and they just start like uh deviating from each other pretty drastically after we went off the gold standard in 1971 and then something in 1973 that you brought up Matt, what was that they started the electronic voting uh, in Congress so that all their votes were recorded by name and uh, cataloged so that they were a lot easier to uh, to buy off. They, it was corruption became a lot more because because if, if you if you gave someone money, you could tell to make sure they voted properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. That. So that pairs well with James's piece. And I think is, uh, is sort of a a. Uh, a, p- a proof that hey maybe going off a, a hard money uh, or a somewhat asset backed monetary system has created these distortions in the economy and has led to uh, the crazy things that James pointed out in his paper specifically the stock market and pensions and then also which I forgot to mention earlier that James mentioned was the amount of negative yielding debt throughout the world which is hitting crazy crazy levels and if you look at all the European your yield curves are all basically negative right now and it's it's pretty crazy what's going on out there in the terms of the monetary system. Um, and then another thing to pair with that was something I wrote about in the Ben today. Our friend Janie, who's uh, notoriously uh, fighting for uh, to get back to a world where we have grazing cattle and we're back to like the pastoral type world. She shared something uh, that was shared with me this morning in a chat. Uh, basically, uh, a year and a half ago, she shared... Uh, information about uh basically financial planning from 2000 bc so uh and we've and pointed out that people 
used hard assets like livestock and silver to financially plan and they would use livestock uh herds to sort of represent uh initial investments and and try to plot the growth over time so it's crazy they have people in 2000 bc 4000 years ago uh thinking about financial planning with hard assets and doing financial projections and stuff like that it's crazy um and then uh another thing that was brought to my attention you fast forward uh, a couple thousand years uh, in ancient Rome, like there's again, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. There's always um, like signs throughout history of people like warning about money and stuff, and this stuff has to do with with uh, using livestock as as a hard asset too. But it also brings in money lending. And this is a quote from uh, Cato the Elder. And uh, when the old when the elder Cato was asked what he thought was the most profitable way of utilizing one's resources, he replied, grazing livestock successfully. Uh, what What is second to that? Uh, grazing livestock fairly successfully. What third? Grazing livestock unsuccessfully. What fourth? Raising crops. Uh, when his questioner asked, what about money lending? Cato replied, what about murder? So somebody from ancient Rome uh, understanding the importance of, of, of raising hard assets or accruing hard assets in livestock um, and 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 uh, analogizing money printing or uh, m- money lending to to murder, which is pretty interesting. And then you fast forward a couple thousand more years or fifteen hundred more years, and you have people like Andrew Jackson and and um, Thomas Jefferson warning warning us like just take care of the money, don't make sure make sure that like banks don't have control of the money. And these little lessons are spattered throughout history and i think it's just important to bring them to the forefront uh especially when you take james's article into consideration uh how fucked up everything is and maybe we should look back into history and take some uh, advice from our from our ancestors that's from my safe haven you've been holding your breath to say that for like five minutes i just went on a long spiel there I just, I, it is so, I don't like preparation. There's, there was too like, because we did the previous episode, there's like way too much preparation for this episode so far. But the good news is we have one more topic before we enter our, our three new topics. So then we get some fresh. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So let's, let's nail out. But so Binance just recently added interest bearing accounts, um, you know, aka money lending, which I, I, I guess was just compared to murder. So so that's probably pretty bad. Um, but I thought it was interesting because, you know, we've been covering Binance adding staking support for all of these um, different networks, all these proof of stake networks. And I think that's naturally centralizing because these exchanges, they, they do want, they want you to keep money on, on their platform. It's more likely for you to trade. They get to collect fees in between. Um, and, and this is another way to encourage people to keep money on their platform. Um, it is worth noting here because it got a lot of press. It was in Bloomberg. It was covered in Bloomberg. So, you know, not your keys, not your coins, people. Just remember that this is high risk. Um, you like they're loaning uh, the people who are borrowing, like they're, they're, they're then lending out your, your crypto. It's not Bitcoin, by the way. It's, it's only Binance coin, Ethereum classic and Tether. Um, so far, but the people they're loaning the coins to, and this is similar to the other services, you know, that are offered out there for Bitcoin, um, is, is they're loaning them to short sellers mostly like that's who wants to borrow the coins. So, you know, if we have like a Bitcoin Tina situation here, which is like, 
core to my investment thesis as well is that at any moment, you know, Bitcoin is so illiquid that the price could go up and it, uh, significantly. And that's even more the case um, with these even more illiquid altcoins. Um, like they could end up in a position here where they're very they're short and and they can't pay you back. And then you also have all the additional risks that exchanges have, which is, you know, they they could get hacked. They're prime target for hacks. They're prime target for inside jobs, government, you know, inter regulation and and enforcement, um, and and then just a good old fashioned exit scam. Uh, and that exit scam could even be in like in the form of like a KYC exit scam where they like force their users to, to do KYC to remove their funds. And they've been known to do that. So just be aware. Be aware, freaks, of the uh, the layered systemic risks that, that something like this uh, creates. It, uh, it's very interconnected and very uh, concentrated risk is what, uh, what a lot of portfolio managers would say. Um, next. Oh, yeah. And the... Go the ahead. other thing there is that ETC, the, you're like, everyone's probably wondering why ETC is included there. It's because it had a recent run up in price. So they probably uh, have a lot of demand on the short side for people to want to go margin short. Uh, so that's that's why they included there. And BNB is the other interesting one to note because, you know, that's their own quasi security token. So now they want people to it's just like another method to try and pump the price of their own token. Uh, and it creates all these, it creates even more questions because, you know, they're issuing the token. They're the ones reporting the revenue. You're trusting them reporting the revenue. And now they're going to be custodying a large amount of it um, and loaning it out to short sellers. It, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Uh, DeFi. Hashtag DeFi. Um, and but yeah, by interesting, I mean, it's all going to blow up at some point. And when it does blow up, I'm going to say, told you so. And I'm going to feel bad about it, but I'm still going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be shout and Freud. It's going to be a somber. I told you so. Um, but yeah, one day I told you so will come. Um, next topic. Didn't see this. Uh, open node. That's KYC and Shopify integration. Is it KYC only <laughs> if you uh, integrate with Shopify? Well, first they added KYC, then they added Shopify integration. So I just put it into one topic line. Uh, so like a couple of days ago, they added KYC. Not great. Uh, you know, it's it's for the merchants. It's not for like if you shop at an open node merchant that you have to provide KYC, just the merchant has to provide KYC. Um, this is to be expected, I think. Like this is what, you know, centralized companies have to do to comply with money laundering regulations. Um, they... What that was good about it, and this is why it's important that BTC Pay exists, the BTC Pay server, because it isn't a company that you can run your own node, you can do it yourself, and you don't have that same pressure. Um, what's what's good here to highlight is that Open Node didn't pull the like KYC exit scan kind of thing. You had uh, all current merchants had the opportunity to remove their funds, not complete KYC, but going forward, all all merchants will have to do full KYC. So just be aware. Be aware if you're using Open Node and you're worried about sharing KYC if you're a merchant. Um, may not be a big deal to you, but just be aware. This next yeah. topic is wait, uh, wait, wait, one sec. If you, if you, if KYC is a big deal to you, then you could use BTC Pay server. Yeah, yeah. it's very easy to do. Check it out. Uh, their team's great. But the Shopify integration is a big deal. You know, I, I no one spends Bitcoin, but you know. Uh, if you, I think Shopify runs the majority of online stores now. So if if you run one of those, it's like a couple clicks and you can start accepting Bitcoin and Lightning. So there you yeah. go. And it was uh, actually 
don't want to uh, piggyback off open node here, but we did open source our Shopify BTC Pay integration. It's a little workaround, uh, but if you go find DJ Seeds GitHub, I believe he he has that code available of how to integrate your your Shopify store with Bitcoin. It's a little bit of a a bad UX process at the checkout, and like the Bitcoin's hard to find, uh, the Bitcoin payment method's hard to find, but it does it is available and it is possible with BTC pay server as well. So, um, I'll try to find a link to that as well. I'll hit DJ up for that. Um, next topic is very fascinating. Uh, just brought to my attention by Matt, but pretty interesting observation by hodl not on yesterday's dump of Bitcoin. Yeah. So dip Bitcoin dumped what, like 5% yesterday, uh, out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, we've just been in a very strong consolidation move. It's been pretty pretty boring for the last week or two. Um, but EOS dumped super hard before Bitcoin even moved. And then ETH, Litecoin, and other alts followed suit shortly after before the big Bitcoin dump. So that would signal to me, if I'm looking at that, as that's that's uh, people with big altcoin bags just exiting the market and just being totally fed up and selling their Bitcoin too after dumping their altcoins. Is that a fair assessment, Matt? I, I don't know what to take from it. I just thought it was an interesting point that Hoddle not made. I saw it after we stopped recording. Uh, so I threw it in there. Um, yeah, you can read it however you want. But I, I it, it does show, you know, like di- diversifying in this space is, is crock of shit. Um, you're just adding risk on top. Um, but yeah, I, was, I just thought it was interesting that it, it, dumped, it dumped 20 minutes before. And then Bitcoin, had we had one of our classic beautiful capitulation wicks or whatever where you have like a five percent drop in like five minutes uh we went from like 10.2 to like 95 like fucking right away um but you know if you're doing it right and you're just staying humble you're stacking sats like it doesn't matter it's just all noise yeah in my opinion yeah find your bitcoin zen freaks join us join us find safety in sats and just chill um matt I can't apologize enough. I'm sorry for wasting your time this morning. We have one more thing to talk talk about. Oh, we do. Did you see this? Oh, the Portugal tax exemption? My bad. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if this is fake news or not, but a lot of people are talking about it and, like, hyping it up on Twitter. So, like, I figured we'd bring it up this time. Um, like, I actually, like, when we finished recording, I walked out and I told my lady that, that the recording didn't work. And she's like, well, at least we can move to Portugal. And I was like, babe, that might be fake news. So now I added it on to the podcast. Um, we're not trying to peddle fake news here, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's real or not. I'm not sure if it's, some people are saying I don't speak Portuguese. Um, so we have to wait to see, but some people are saying it's just VAT tax. Some people are saying like you don't have to pay capital gains. Um, but I I think regardless, like this is the type of thing that we're going to start seeing happening, um, as Bitcoin becomes more successful because, because countries are going to, um, and, you know, after our last conversation that is going to come up soon with uh, with Eric Voskul, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about game theory. And um, I do think that the game theory here is that is is that these different countries are going to start trying to court Bitcoiners to come and start businesses and buy houses and 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 do all that you know jazz to spur their local economies by giving them favorable tax uh, treatment. Yeah, so if any of you uh, Portuguese freaks out there have better information on this, definitely tweet at us, let us know, DM us if you, if you don't want to be public. Um, 
we're interested. We want to learn. And uh, Matt alluded to it, but yeah, we did have an incredible conversation with Eric Foskule earlier this week. That'll be out uh, in a couple weeks, I believe. Great dude. That was an episode where I just, when I got off, I was just like, there was, my mind was just right. There was a million different things that I wish I had talked about. And we talked, we continued talking to him afterwards too. It was, it was great. It's great to meet him. Yeah. Um, Very interesting Bitcoiner. I love his perspective. Um, yeah, that's it. So now I officially get to apologize to you for the third time now. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll take, I like apologies. Apologies are great. Uh, more people in this space should do them. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised we don't have more lost tapes. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, and I'm glad that we got a couple more topics that we got to add on there. Uh, and you know, just stay humble, stack sats. And I look forward to, uh, next week. Yeah. We'll see you in person next week and maybe we'll have that multi-sig record button figured out by them. There you go. And then we'll be able to play around with Justin Moon's dope new tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, go make sure you guys subscribe on any platform you're listening to this to. You're listening to this on. I can't speak right now. Um, ch- check out our YouTube channel. Reviews go a long way if you can review. Um, check out the website, tftc.io. If you want to get a shout out on here, you can go to the contribute page. Um, yeah, we got big plans. 2019 is rolling on. Wait, I, I just saw Udi's tweet and I just wanted to bring it up. He said, Sell your ETH if you're having trouble falling asleep. It's uh, a good way to end it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's a good advice. Good advice. I've given it out many times, actually. Um, yeah, sleep's important. Sell your ETH. Take care, freaks. Peace and love.